Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Kalen Patterson, what do you know? <laughs> I know that uh, this program is sponsored by Beaver Be Muscle, but I don't know if we said it or not. We <laughs> <laughs> have it. It's all you, big guy. Okay, here we go. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. And if you are a drug-free athlete and just happen to be looking for a solid foundation to spend on and a vehicle to drive your girls like what the Like a Mack truck through ice cream with chocolate sprinkles and snickerdoodle, which I'm not eating, so I look nice and trim for P for P undefeated. Uh Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm eating, so I can (laughs) look nice and trim for P for P undefeated. Give me, give me that snickerdoodle sprinkle. (laughs) (laughs) So now are we chit-chattering with the bantering? Yeah, let's chit-chat with the banter. Hello, Desiree. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? So are you ready? You ready? You, this is like going to be like your 100th show in in 50 weeks, I feel like. <laughs> honestly, I, I can honestly say that those kids have motivated, motivated me beyond understanding with just the drive to just be consistently there. Because, you know, they, they check in on me and we do FaceTime and other things and they want to make sure I'm still mean and lean. So, you know, it, it, it's really something that I never expected. I've been blessed beyond reason just, uh, you know, being there for them. And it's been a fun time. So it's a struggle. It's real, yes. And there's days where, yeah, I don't want to get up. And the food just looks like, yeah. But when I see those faces, it's it's just such a blessing. So yeah, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh-huh. I am All ready. Right. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready at the Krusty Krab. <laughs> so there set us go. up for tonight. There you go. There you go. What's up? Bam. I said set us up for tonight. <laughs> you know this Bam. is almost easy because this guy is an ambassador to natural bodybuilding. He's a, a great human being, for, for one. And then you have the fact that he's one of the best in the business when it comes to judging. And he's actually one of the pioneers for addressing the criteria to the audience so they could understand better what they were looking at when it came to competition. So, you know, if, if anybody was laying the groundwork for a successful foundation with judging, promoting, and hosting a show, and then holding the foundation intact by ensuring that the criteria was adhered to on all facets and all levels, it would be Earl the Pearl. So, Earl, I, I know our listeners are quite familiar with you. Uh, they weren't familiar with that splits they saw you doing uh, for the for the promo. <laughs> But, yeah, they're loving everything about you. So let's get this show started. Oh, how you doing? Earl? 
Where did Earl go? Wait, wait. All of that, and then I think we lost him for a second. Hold on. No, no. You, oh, right. can you hear me? No, we can hear you now. As I was saying, I appreciate the uh, the kind words and the comments, but you know what? If it wasn't for natural bodybuilding, where would we all be? You know what I mean? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I know I know a good number of our listeners know who you are, Earl, but we're adding new ones all the time, every show, every week. So can you give us a brief intro again, my good sir? A brief intro of, of me? Uh yeah. Yeah, I just I just uh, I'm very I'm very blessed. I've got to represent the US in over fifteen different countries in competition. Uh I won the Mr. Universe uh, and Spain was my first one, and France was my second one. And I could say I'm one of the few that won an IFBB Pro card being natural. Um, so I'm just blessed that I could compete in that many countries for the USA and and be well-rounded and able to share, to give back now to others um, as I'm trying to help out the organization just just to see the drug-free bodybuilding keep growing. That's just, that's just, that's, it's not about me. It's about the drug-free organizations altogether. Well, it, it's a great format that you're doing. And, and one of the things that I'm very, very pleased with is, like I said, you know, it, there's usually a lot of confusion where there was. I, I'll, I'll make that past tense because you basically corrected that, and now it's, it's become a format for a lot of the organizations, but one of the things that you started doing way back when was addressing the criteria as you were being the head judge or the MC to where it was an understanding of what was going on. And, uh, and that really calmed a lot of people because some of the times they would see a great physique, but it would be in the wrong category, or they'd see someone who had a nice physique was doing the correct posing. And you were addressing that without calling out the individuals on stage, but it was something that was very, very necessary, and it calmed a lot of the anger, a lot of the frustration, a lot of confusion. What started you with doing that? Because, I I mean, I was very interested as to why it had not caught on sooner. Well, thanks, KP. But what what I did last year, I judged, I could probably say I probably judged more than anybody in any organization, I judged 22 shows, so 22 of the weekends last year, I was I was judging, head judging. And so I always turn around and I ask the audience, how many first-time people at the audience? Well, I, a lot of hands went raised, and I'm like, they don't know what they're looking for. And, if the, and, and sometimes the athletes actually don't know what the judges are looking for. I mean, yeah, they got prep coaches. So I thought, you know what? I want to explain to the audience what we as judges are looking for. And so I broke it down to every category as far as what does debut mean? What does a novice class mean? And then I went into the specifics of what we as judges are looking for, like whether it be bikini, men's physique, bodybuilding, because when you get up on stage, you see a lot of the suits the same, similar, but we don't, but they don't know. They're just room for their athletes. So, I just wanted them to have more of an understanding. If they have an understanding, they're going to enjoy the show more and get more involved. And so I just decided to try it one day, and you know, and I started just – I've had so many – not about me, but a lot of people appreciated what we as judges are looking for. And uh, so that just – so when I had that 
when somebody came up to me and said, you know what, I really didn't have a clue. And I'm like, you know what, the light bulb kicked on. I'm like, it could be like that for every show. So that's that's how that came about. Well, I mean, and that's awesome. And that actually just sets up beautifully what it is that we're here tonight to discuss because we want to be talking about what on earth are the judges looking for at P for P Undefeated. So this is actually a uh, pretty awesome opportunity if we have P for P registered athletes on the line because you're going to be able to hear firsthand right here before the show what it is that our judges can be looking for. So, Earl, if you can just kind of give us a prelude, and then we will jump into questions from there. Okay. So, I guess, I guess what I'll do is uh, one thing I do want to address, first of all, before we jump into categories, is something that we started um, is in the very beginning in pre-judging, and we're going to do some P4P. So if you guys are right there getting ready to compete at the undefeated NGA P4P, um, we're going to the, the the competitors in the bikini, figure, and men's physique, they're going to be required to do a mini presentation. I don't want to say their mini their T walk, but it's just a mini presentation. And what that does is they're going to do the small T walk come out just like they do, um, like in the routines, real quick. And what that what I find out is these first-time competitors, they're nervous, and they should be nervous. And you know what? It's a way for them to make the bugs, to get the bugs worked out. And so we're not actually, the judges aren't actually scoring, but it's a way for them to feel more comfortable on stage before we actually do the mandatories. And that's, and we're going to end up doing that um, at the at the show. So doing pre-judging, Athletes, get ready. You'll, again, it's not the judges won't even have their pencil in their hand. They just want you to get comfortable to the stage before we start judging. And I've never had one athlete said, you know what, I wish we wouldn't have done that. They all said, you know what, that helped a lot. So I wanted to put that out right off the bat. And uh, all right. So what, what, what do you think about that? I mean, it's just it just helps the athletes. I mean, even you, you, you if you're not nervous, I'm going to be nervous for you. <laughs> well, I think that's pretty cool. I don't know if that would make me more nervous or less nervous, but I think that's a good opportunity because I know one thing that you've talked about in the past is, you know, the more time the athletes have to be on the stage, it usually works in the favor because they tend to, A, as you said, get rid of their nervousness and jitters, but B, you know, their bodies just adapt to what it is that they're doing and they just look better each time they get on stage. But I do have a question with the T-Walks being right on the bat. You know, sometimes we have athletes that are in cross categories. Um, will they okay. have to do that T-Walk more than once? So crossover saying, you know, if I were um, competing, I could compete in, you know, Masters. I could compete in Open. Um, if I'm in more than one category, will I have to do my T-Walk more than once? No, no, and that's a good that's a good point, Des. Um, what we do is we encourage athletes. To, the more that they come out on stage, the more comfortable they feel, and the better they perform. And I always use this one example. There is this one lady. She was in bikini. Just a quick example. She never competed before in debut. She come out on stage. She ended up fourth. She was petrified. Didn't have a clue. She come out, crossed over into the novice. 
she didn't do bad. She did. She placed third. But when she came out in the open, either her prep coach or she felt comfortable, she won the whole show. So that just goes to show you the more that she's on stage, the more comfortable in the body she actually changes. So, but when for the mini key walk, no. If you've crossed into the novice into the open, you're just going to come out one time and do it, and that's that's and that's it. Well, I I, I got a question on that because uh, uh, this one is uh, at, at a show I was at this year. There was a lady that had put her heart and soul into her prep, and she wanted as much time on stage as possible. And I mean, she wanted to get her walks in. She was in a she was a figure athlete. And she had, you know, she was in open, novice, and masters. Yeah, there you go. And she wanted mm-hmm. to do a walk for all of them. It, would that be okay, or is that something that's asking too much? No, that's gonna be that's gonna be too much because because what we do is is uh, now if she crossed it now if you're a competitor and let's say you cross you you're trying to decide where you want to be in bikini and figure. Then we'll let you, then you can walk twice if you're in two different divisions, you, you know. So so in that case, you can walk twice. But again, it's just a mini T walk; it's not counted. And then at night, you'll just go into your first class, so whatever class you come out first. Um, and last year we ran it in numeric order, but when you come out with your class, that's you'll end up doing your T walk. All right, sounds good. So I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how the show is going to jump off. So now that we know how we're going to get the athletes prepped and uh, ready to go, let's kind of talk, walk us through the categories that we're going to have. Okay, let's let's let's. So you want me to break down what what the judges are looking for? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, I think that would be good. So I think so. Bikini, okay. So in bikini. Um, and I usually start. I usually start with the uh, bikini ladies, and uh, again, we look for balance and symmetry. Um, they definitely have to have that. They have to be toned and conditioned. The poise and presentation. When you're talking presentation, that's very, very important across the board from bikini, figure, and men's physique. And that deals with your transitions. That's also dealing with your stage presence, which means. Um, your smile, how confident you look, looking at the judges, um, you know, and and that has a lot to say in it because if an athlete comes and they're looking on the floor the whole time, they don't look very comfortable. But if you're looking in the judges' eyes, guess what? We have to look back at you, and guess what? That's going to help you, you know. So, you know, when we're looking at also a bikini, can abs be present? Yes. Can they have some nice lines, you know, in the quads? Yes, but it can't be overstriated, um, too much muscle. We 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 uh, mark down. But there shall be no. But there can't be no evidence of muscle striations or graininess, which means, you know, the, the thin skin with a with the veins are starting to pop, and we don't want to see that. But we do like to see tone and condition in bikini. So that's. That's a, a, a breakdown, and, and you'll end up doing your walk. When you when when you do your walk, I'm going to give all you bikini ladies out there heads up. Sometimes that walk from the front to the back can determine, can either help you or hurt you. And I'll say that in a comparison meeting, because if you take your time 
you're going to keep everything tight. But the but but if you start walking and we can't decide, that will, when you turn around the curtain and you start walking back to the curtain and things start jiggling or things start looking loose, then that's going to end up hurting you a little bit. So my suggestion to all the bikini ladies, take your time walking. So that's that's basically the the bikini. What do you think, Des? I think that's spot on. Work those takes, girl. Slowly. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest with you. And I'll be honest with you. If you've never, if you've never been to P4P, and you've been to other other shows or whatever, you're gonna have your stage time because you know what? We're gonna be on. You're gonna be on stage as long as it takes for the judges to get it right. So they ain't no yes. okay. Face the front, face the back, and off you go. Oh, heck no. You're going to be walking a few times, guarantee. You're going to be moved around, and you're going to be – your stage time is going to be so valuable. You're going to have such an experience because you're going to have plenty of stage time. But you know what? Because I believe that they work so hard, they deserve that, and there's no way they're going to be shortchanged. <laughs> Did you hear that, Kalen? He said, oh, heck no. <laughs> I love it. This is why I love Errol Laferro. He, he's straight. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it. So, let, love it um, go ahead. Let, let, let me let me go into the figure then. So so figure, they can have more muscle. Evidence of ab muscles is preferred. So if you see abs, that's going to be a plus. They have to have to show good balance. And balance and symmetry means that their upper body matches their lower body. Okay. Um, here they must present a wide they must present a wide back with deep sweep to the quads, well conditioned core, which is which is their abs. They gotta have definitely roundness of the delts, a small amount of muscle separation and a nice V shaped taper. Tight glutes and definite separation between the glutes and hamstrings is a plus. Again, we don't want no muscle striations, graininess, or thick muscles like in a woman's physique. And the women are going to end up doing their quarter turns. So bikini, you do half turns in your walk. Women, the same way. you got your quarter turns, and your, part of your stage presentation is keep looking at the judges. But then when you do your quarter turn, you got to face the direction your body is. But walk and act like you own the stage. And we as judges pick that up. So the, the ladies in figure will end up doing their quarter turns. So that's that's what we have for figure. All right. Well, before we before we go on to the other categories, I'm going to interrupt you here with a question, Earl. Um, and okay. I think this is a valid question. It'll be a nice little break. This one is from Sam, and she's asking: Do the judges have to be held to a standard like the athletes? Oh, I'm glad. You know what, Sam? That's a great question. We in the NGA, this is something that we started, is the judges have to be held accountable. And that means they have to score a certain percent. It's, and it's actually 70%. If they can't score 70% of the athletes, of scoring the athletes in the exact positions of the outcome, we're held accountable. And guess what? If we can't achieve that at least at one show, 
we have to retest, and that's myself included. I've been judging for since uh, 88 was the first time I've judged. Last year I judged 20 shows, and guess what? If I can't get that, I'm included in that. If I can't get, if I can't score 70%, I have to retest. So yes, our judges are held to a, uh, a standard, and it, and to me, and when I hold, and I'll be honest with you, I hold a judges meeting, and my judges meetings, I'm gonna let the athletes know. It's usually 20 to 25 minutes because I go over all the rules with the judges, what we expect, the professionalism. Um, I mean, I don't want to get into too much detail, but, yes, it's very, very important. And I tell the judges it's a privilege to judge. At P4P, whoever judges, it's a privilege. So, And that's the way I, I, I think. You know what I mean? That's the way I handle myself is, you know what, I'm brought here to judge. And the nice thing is, there's judges all around, so we're not here to screw the athletes because I hear that once in a blue moon, oh, the judges screw me. No, we spend all day, donate our time, coming in from all over, and our goal as judges is to help the athletes reach their goal, whether it be to, to exceed to the next level, to turn pro, whatever it is, we is here as judges, we're here to help every athlete. That's, that's our standard. Yes. And and I want to I want to piggyback that Earl because I I had to break it down one time because I I I had had my fill of hearing that statement to where I was just sick of it where you know somebody is screwing you over and I broke it down so the athletes could hear it and I said hopefully they get a better understanding and what I said was I can't see an athlete coming from whatever such and such state you coming from whatever such-and-such state, and then we're hosting a show in whatever such-and-such state, and your whole job was to come over there just to screw that one athlete. I can't imagine that kind of logic, and even if it makes sense. I understand people being frustrated with not winning, but, you know, it seems more like an overkill of assumption to think that that's what's going on. So, you know, I love how you break it down. And I've, I've loved how you basically, like I said, address the criteria as the show is happening. So basically it takes away those kind of uh, assumptions and, and criticism. Because I know being a judge, it's not easy. And it does get tough at times. And Dad and I have both sat, uh, thankfully, been blessed to sit with you at, at the judge's table. And it's tough. It, it is really tough. But thank God, uh, nine times out of ten, uh, it, it's done correctly. Yeah, there's two things I always address. The one, the coaches. And I tell the coaches, you heard me this, Des and KP, that coaches, you need to be honest with your athlete. Don't sit there and say, yeah. And, yeah. If, your mom, if your mom thinks you're the best, she's doing her job. However, a coach needs to be honest with their athlete. That, so the coaches are, should be held accountable. You know, we all, did, we all come there to win, but not everybody can win. The other thing I tell athletes, they show me a picture. I'm like, that's not fair because that's a, that's a split-second photo, and you're telling me you look the best. But that's not what the judges see is what a photo is indicating. So that's so when an athlete comes up and says, look at this picture. No, 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 no. You can't go by a picture because, you know what, you got to go by stage presentations. That's just a one one snapshot, and that's it. But, but we as a judges look at from the time you walk behind that curtain, come on stage, to the time you walk off. So I just want to give the athletes heads up on on that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's and that's good to know because we do see that regularly all the time every year. 
You know, it's always, especially on social media, you know, it's always, well, look at me compared to look at this person. And how could, you know, the judges not see that? But like you said, again, it was a snapshot in time. And in that particular, you know, second, you might have had everything firing, but that doesn't mean you were able to hold together throughout your whole presentation. So, you know, it's, it's just really important to do that. Can, can I jump in on this? Sure. Yeah, please do. I'm glad you guys were talking about the social media part of it because I remember, oh, I'm not going to give the names, but these were two teammates, and I was very surprised, very surprised that this guy would go to social media because he didn't win because he was actually trying to take the win from one of his teammates uh, in, in his group. And he had picked every possible great picture of himself, but I was at that show. I was physically in attendance. I got to see the side of the stage. I also got to see the audience side from where they were looking. And his pictures, he had a habit of holding his poses longer than the quarter turn. So when the quarter turn would be called, he would still be in that pose. And so someone was still taking those pictures. So it, it looked like, oh, my goodness, this guy had been robbed. I, they couldn't believe it. I mean, you had about 80, 90 comments. I can't believe the judges missed that badly and missed that poorly. And I jumped in, and he, this guy, he basically blocked me to try to get me off of those comments. And I had wow. another friend's uh, Facebook. This was about uh, a good five, six years ago. And I was irate because I said, you know, I could not imagine trying that hard to get the public opinion. And I said, you're throwing the uh, the organization under the bus. You're throwing the mm-hmm. judges under the bus. And you're basically backstabbing your own partner in crime on stage. I could not imagine. But he was that upset that he didn't win because he thought he had a better physique. If you were at the show live, it was a clear difference. And this guy was not even close to uh, first place, I said he, I had him uh, third or fourth at best, and he was livid that he wasn't in, a, in in the top two and that he didn't win. I could not imagine someone taking up social media the way he did. But Earl, I think, and Des, I think that's the best example of what you guys are talking about. Well, let, let me let me say something. I, at the competitors meeting, I do mention about social media. It can be your friend or your foe. So. There's a lot of supplement companies that are looking for endorsements, but they look at your Facebook page and social media. If you're a positive person all the time, those are the people you, that, that they want represented by. Um, I had to ban one athlete because of unsportsmanlike. And when, in the NGA, if you're unsportsmanlike, if you have show display of unsportsmanlike conduct at the show, you're banned for six months. I had to do that with one of the pros. I hated to do it. But and I'm not going to get into detail, but it was unwarranted. I mean, it was just it, it should never have got to that. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. be, and, I always, and I always tell every athlete when I'm there, before you get disgruntled, give me a call. Don't post nothing. Just give me a call, and then we'll talk about it. Then the rest is on you. So, you know, there's a lot of people that a lot of companies that want endorsements. So these athletes need to look at how do they perform on stage. How, what's their social media page? Is it all positive? So, you know, it only helps the organization and the individual. There's nothing negative. There's nothing positive that can come out of a negative comment. Nothing. 
There's not. And if anybody has been following what's been going on um, in Iowa with, uh, and I'm going to do a blend on this guy's name, but I'll find it. But there was a gentleman who had posted a, a sign during a uh, Iowa, Iowa State football game, and he said, Venmo me out of there, send me money. Long short, people started sending him money. He decided to donate all of that to the uh, Iowa Children's Hospital or University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Then Budweiser jumped on board. Venmo jumped on board. He's raised over a yes. million dollars so far. Wow. But then wow. someone uh, reported, went back, found some derogatory comments of some sort that he had made on social media when he was 16, exposed yes. that, and then Budweiser comes out and says, we're no longer going to have anything to do with this guy. He doesn't represent wow. our, our our morals and values and so on and so forth. I mean, they're still going to match and donate money, but, you know, I right. the point being, I'm saying social media accounts forever now. <laughs> if you guys don't think Someone's not going to go back through your thread, either for a job interview or somewhere else at some point in your life, and dig up yep. some stupidness or foolishness you may have put out there. You would be wrong to think that they won't find it. And as Earl absolutely. was saying, when it comes to sponsors, you want to be careful. Yes, absolutely. All right, all right. So here, another quick question, and then we're going to get back to the criteria. But uh, this one is from Lester. Uh, This is an interesting question. He says, I've been to six shows, and three of them have had computer errors. This has cost some people proper placings. Is there a method at Undefeated to keep this from happening? So I guess is is Undefeated using electronic tallying for judging Earl, or how is this being handled? What we do is, is we have a computer system. But let, let's, let's, let's take it by step by step. That's a good question. The, 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 there should be no room for error, especially with the athlete that works so hard. So what we do yes. is, is we, on paper and pen, we do all the judging. And then when, when we collect all the judges' scores, we put them in the computer. And the computer will throw out the high and the low, and then it even breaks the tie. So, however, when, when I look at that as a head judge, I'm looking at that score, but guess what? There's always a second person to go back and double-check my work or to double-check. So in the NGA, at P4P, you're going to have not only all the judges' scores, but you're going to have two people that are going to double-check the scores to make sure the outcome comes out right because, again, we're here to help the athletes, not, not screw or not. We have no room for error. Excellence is not an option. It's our standard here in the NGA, especially P4P. Hopefully they answered that right. Oh, I think so, KP. I, I, I'm excited to see what they have. And, and, and I, like I said, in the past, I know there's been some errors, and it, it, it's been awful because it seems like there's a, the show is subpar, the judging is subpar, and usually, well, not usually. Most of the time, the judges get it right. But if there's a computer mm-hmm. error, it's it's hard to back that up when the when the placing's already been been called out, and then you find out there's been an error. So it's hard to walk that back. And I, I love what Earl's saying because that way all bases are covered. I was I, I'm I love the way he's done his format. He's only gotten better as the years have gone by. 
And I thank God that he's the head judge because I know that the athletes are going to be addressed in a way that keeps them athletes, respects their work they've done, and addresses them truthfully and honestly. And the feedback will help them for the show that they have in the future if they do compete in the future. So that's very important. That's very vital. And we need more people that are willing to take that kind of time and not rush through everything because this show is not a rush. People have spent months, if not a year or more, prepping for some of these shows, and it would be a disgrace to have them placed incorrectly. Right, right. The, the one thing that we do encourage, I mean, I mean, Joe and the P4P group is bringing in all these judges. Every judge is is going to take notes on every athlete. And me, I'm going to say this. I encourage athletes to come up after the show to ask every judge what they can work on. And guess what? My judges will have to have feedback for every athlete. So... You know, and that's that's I, I encourage us for every athlete to ask the judges, what do I need to work on? What do I do good? You know what I mean? So yeah, we we got to work cut out. But again, we double check. We don't go by computer. I double check um, the scores, every score that's put in there. I mean, and that's good. I think Lester may have been referring to because we are seeing more and more shows turning to fully automated judge, judging without the paper backup. It's not there yet. I just don't think the technology is there yet. It's my two cents. So I like the fact that, you know, we're using, you're using a combination of both for this show. So just to make sure that that margin for error is is extremely, you know, minimum to zero. So that is a good thing. So with all of those great questions in there, folks, Let's get back to the categories and break it down for us what the judges are looking for. So we talked about bikini. We talked about figure. Um, how about men's physique? Okay. In, in men's, let, me, let me mention one thing about bikinis. Let me just go back one quick time. When women on bikini, when they turn their back, please do not crunch your back up. That's the number one mistake I've seen across the board. Is, is women trying to crunch their back to make it look tight. That's why we have the up, the athletes upright to make them look nice and full. Um, now, let's go on to men's physique. Men's physique. Okay, what we're going to be looking for is muscularity and conditioning. And muscularity means definitely you have to have the muscle conditioning. You can have a little bit of striations. You have to dis- display a proper shape and symmetry um, combined with muscularity and overall conditioning. Um, one more down, if somebody is too big, and let's say they're too veiny and too striated, you know, um, more like a bodybuilding type, then we mark it down. So the main thing is to open up. So when you, when I tell you to face the rear curtain, I want to see that back. I want to see that V-shaped taper. That's what, that's what we're going into. You have to be proportioned. The main thing that sets the tone of men's physique is that smile. As soon as you come out of that curtain, if you don't look like you're interested, you're, you're not smiling and you're looking down on the ground, you're not looking like you know, you're involved in the show. And so you're portraying that to the judges. What you want to do is you want to portray like, you know what, this is my show, like you're going to be on a GQ magazine. So if you want to be on a GQ magazine or a Colgate commercial or whatever, guess what? 
that's the kind of attitude you need to have. So you want to be like like very pleasing, the good look in your in your quarter turns. When I take you through your quarter turns, those transitions have to be nice and smooth. So the more confident you do, the better scoring you're going to have. So that's that's on that's on men's physique. Now, when you're talking right. classic, now when you're talking class, any questions on? Go ahead, Des. Any questions on men's physique? No, I I think that's good. Just guys, remember to work on that toe point. <laughs> We're gonna be looking for that toe point in the po- in the posing. I say we, and I'm not even judging. So I'll be looking for the toe point. I'll be doing my own mental. Oh, you're gonna that. be judging. You just want to have a scorecard. I just won't have a say. I won't have a say. Well, that's right. I do. Even if I'm not in the judge's seat, I'm still I'm still judging. Um, but yes, Earl, a men's classic physique. I mean, clear that up for me. I think a lot of us are still confused. What the heck is the difference besides the posing between men's classic physique and bodybuilding? Yeah, when you're talking, when you're talking classic physique, um, you're talking first of all, if, if somebody ever does research of Frank Zane, I mean, he has nice aesthetic lines. Um, so classic is a bridge between the physique competitor and a bodybuilding. And let's just say bodybuilding, you know, you could be the biggest, most conditioned, shredded athlete. But as far as class, it's for athletes that want that want to put a more, you know, a little bit more size and muscularity than men's physique, but not to the extreme of a bodybuilder. So classic physique bridges that gap, like I was saying, between bodybuilding and physique. While symmetry and muscularity are still important, the focus in classic physique is on the classic physique posing, presentation, and execution of the classic poses. So what that's saying is um, and is we put more emphasis on the posing. So if you want to do a little research, research, you know, like uh, Sergio, um, uh, Lee, um, Lee Labrada, Frank Zane. So an example would be, I'll give you an example of one of the shows I judged this year. You had a bodybuilder. He was a lightweight bodybuilder, and you had a classic physique guy. They're both, the bodybuilder crossed over into classic physique. And what happened was they were both equal. But the, the, the classic physique guy, he posed flawless, just like old school posing. And guess what? That's we had to award the overall to the smaller classic physique guy as opposed to the bodybuilder because of the posing. That's why we changed in the NGA from one classic pose. Now they're required to do three different classic poses. So I'm going to sit there and say, okay, what is your first classic pose? Boom. Second classic pose. Boom. Third classic pose. And I tell my judges, if you can't decide and everything's equal, we have to go on the posing. So hopefully that cleared a little bit there you up go. on that. Yeah, I like that. That clears it up. That clears it up. Well, and I think this is a good spot to slide in some more questions here, if that's okay, guys. Um, we got some rolling in, so I need to cover some of these. Um, this next one is from Linda, and uh, she says, uh, "Did Earl say he's done 20 shows as a judge this year? If so, doesn't he get tired?" <laughs> 
No, I didn't do it. I did 20 last year. I don't even know how many I did this year. I got three, three <laughs> different states and three different weeks in October. But, no, I enjoy it because I'm there for the athletes. I just – I just love seeing somebody achieve their goals. I love I love seeing somebody smile and get exciting on stage. So no, and actually, it's like anything. The more I judge, I think the more you do something, the better you become at it. And so then I have more insight to help other people. You know that's why you know that's why I try to do a lot of prep coaching and to give them insight. But no, I just when you got a passion, you, it, nothing can get too much. I don't think. I don't know. And- I just, there you have I, I'm it. Like a kid candy. Yeah, I, I look at it this way. When I have a promoter say, Earl, can you help judge or can you help do this? I feel I feel honored. I feel privileged. I'm like, I never take anything for granted. So I'm like, you know what? This is awesome. An awesome experience. So I'm just I'm just thankful. So no, I haven't got tired of it yet. Well, that's good. And we're all for the better of it. Um, this next one, this one's from Carl. I <laughs> sure who gets this question because it's not really appropriate for Earl to answer and he probably doesn't want Kaylin to answer but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there Carl so here you go buddy (laughs) Kaylin speaks highly of Earl does he have a particular reason for doing so well I I guess I'm going to field this question um I think Kaylin speaks highly of Earl and I agree with how Kaylin speaks of Earl because Earl's just a good guy He's very knowledgeable. He's got the street cred to back up what he says. Um, yeah. And I I haven't found anything not to speak highly of a girl to this point. I mean, he may have a few skeletons, but we're not talking about those tonight. Um, <laughs> but I will say this, Carl. If you think Kalen is trying to butter up Earl for P4P undefeated, it's not going to work for him. In fact, if I recall... Earl tends to be a little tougher on people that he knows. Or maybe I'm thinking yeah. of somebody else. Earl yeah. has always been fair. He, he knows better. so many people in the he industry. Know he knows so many people. He can't be anything but fair. That's all there is. There's just too many paths that keep crossing. But uh, Earl, I'll let you chime in on this. No, no. Actually, actually, you know, you're, you're right, Des. If, if, if I see an athlete and I see them three months Later, I'm expecting them to bring more of an A game. And the more I see an athlete, the more I expect some more improvement. I mean, because it's not about being yes. content. So yeah, I'm actually harder if if I see the same people. Guess what? And you ask me for feedback, I'm gonna say, you know what? You you brought a better package three months ago, or you know what? Guess what? Now you're you're getting there. You're making gains. So I'm a little bit harder on people that. I know that they could reach their full potential because you know what? That's how you bring out the best in somebody. Yeah. No, no, no sugar coating here. Uh-uh. No sugar coating. That's right. That's right. I mean, it is a Earl. I mean, I've had like Kayla said the privilege to judge with Earl, um, and you know, be guided by Earl, and it's it's. It's always been a good experience, and I've judged under a lot of different head judges. Um, and, uh, you know, Earl does a good job, and I haven't seen anything but fairness in him. I haven't always agreed 100% with um, all his top pick choices, but we've always been close. So, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's, he does a good job. That's all I can say about it. 
So that's all I have to say about that. And guess what? We're ready to move back into criteria for bodybuilding. Okay. In bodybuilding, you know, so so bodybuilding, we take it to you can have as much muscle as you want, okay? And more, the, 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 the more symmetry you have, which means your upper body matches the lower body, and you show good detail of muscle because there can be striations, separation of the muscle. And you know what? That's, that's fine and dandy. However, sometimes it's not what you have. It's how you display it in front of the judges. So at registration, I'm just going to tell this to, to everybody out there. There's many times, because I register the athletes across the nation, and I'm like, man, that person's going to, that person should win, I think. Of course, at registration, they come out on stage, they have the best body, but they don't display it. They don't know how to pose. They could pose a lot different, but yet you got somebody that's not as good as them, but they can pose better. Guess what? We, we as judges, and Des and KP, you know this, you, we only can score you of what you show us. So when I'm going to use a woman's example. If, if you're a bikini and you don't clear your hair, guess what? We can't see your back. Or on guys, guess what? If you're only showing one judge face in front, your, your pose, guess what? I got six other judges. If they can't see that, so that's why it's important to, to display to all the judges after you hit a pose. So it's, it's not always sometimes who looks the best. It's how you display it to make you look the best. Yes. I hope that wasn't confusing. No, no, it, it's not. Um, one of the things that uh, had always baffled me, especially when you have people that have coaches, is that they don't get them out of the mirror. It's amazing how they can. you can see them backstage posing in front of those mirrors, and they look phenomenal. And then you get mm-hmm. them out in age and and you wonder what the heck happened because everything seems to go away. You don't hear the coach yelling out. It, it's just, uh, it, it's shocking really that, you know, so much time has been spent and it seems so little time has been spent in posing. I, I just don't see how when you're, when you're, especially if you're covering criteria and what's expected, I, I can recall, and I, I don't know if you remember it, Earl, where we had the fella in Peoria that wanted to do his favorite pose. He didn't yeah. even want to do the quarter turns. He he had a good pose. It was a lights out pose. It was really good. I'll give him credit for that. But uh-huh. when you're talking about the mandatories, and, you know, his family was livid. I, I remember uh, uh, getting on him and his family in the in the backstage, if, you know, back out in the auditorium because they were you know, doing, they were getting pretty loud and vocal about how he'd been robbed. When I had broken it down, why he hadn't been robbed, he'd actually robbed himself. They were kind of, they were, they were understanding, but they still felt that he was the best physique on stage. And he would have been if he had presented himself in, in the way that's uh, called for. But because he only wanted to do what he thought looked best for him, he was not scored on certain poses. Well, like like in bodybuilding, there's seven different poses, and there could possibly a couple more that we throw in. But the the thing about posing, again, that's why I have a DVD out, posing like a champion. It's some, it's not what you have; it's how you display it, which is just as important. Because what happens is when you start practicing, and they call it conditioning, 
The more you practice, the more comfortable them, the muscles get used to posing. But when you start shaking on stage, if I see an athlete shaking on stage, that's a key indication that, you know what, they have not been practicing. And their body tends, the longer they're up on stage, the more their body starts smoothing out and the body starts changing for the worse. And that is why, and I'm going to tell all these folks out there listening, if the longer you're on stage and if you practice, you're going to outdo everybody else. If you haven't practiced, guess what? You might look the best the first two minutes, but guess what? It's a bodybuilding show. You might be up there for like 10 minutes, and then your muscles aren't going to be able to sustain that kind of shape because they're tired. So that's why it's important to practice. Well, in all reality, you probably up to 15, 20, 30 minutes sometimes, especially if it's a closed class. It can be that long. And it'll wear you out. Listen, Des, we just had last week at our show at the East Coast Natural for the classic physique for the overall. They couldn't decide. It was they were up there for twenty four minutes. Wow. wow. I was like And so guess what? That's for the overall. That's decide who's gonna turn pro. So if you wanna if you if you I mean if if you come P four P is not gonna be easy, guess what? You need to bring it. And if you're gonna bring it Guess what? You'll be the victor. You just need to be prepared. That's right. You got to bring it. Um, women's physique, Earl. I don't think we've talked about that, and I know we got to no. we got to have some gals. Oh, absolutely. And and I love seeing women's physique. I mean, I I just I mean I when I see women's physique, I'm like, man, we need to see more of that. That's that's old school. But women's physique. Again, they're gonna they're gonna have the different poses, um, like the front uh, front double by open hand. But what we look for in uh, the women's physique, we look for muscle density. So we look for the shape. We look for definitely the uh, the symmetry where the upper body matches lower body. And so when they hit the poses, we're looking for some striations, like like when they're hitting the side chest. We're looking at the striations, even in the shoulders. Um, we look at the, the glutes, the hamstrings. Um, so we look for the stage presence as well. But but on, on women's physique, they got to be fit, toned, and proportionate. And, they get, and they're allowed to have more muscle than women's figure and definitely bikini. So they can be a little bit, quote-unquote, harder. You can see lines. They're allowed to have lines in their quads. You know, the more lines that they show, the better it is. You know, so the, the, the physique women can pack on more muscle than the figure. And, again, they have, they have their own poses as well. They do. They do. So this is a good – it's an interesting question from Sarah. She's wanting to know, is women's physique the new women's bodybuilding for natural? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's – the. Because you don't have, you only have a few bodybuilders, but the uh, the difference between bodybuilding physique is body women's bodybuilding. You can have as much muscle. See, on women's physique, you you can't be too striated. You can't have like striated glutes, and I seen that um, three weeks ago. So so there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance. So if you want to put it in perspective as far as as far as uh women's bodybuilding to to 
women's physique, it'd be like classic physique in men compared to men's bodybuilding, if that makes sense. Okay. Earl, what do you think we need to do to pump women's bodybuilding back up? I, 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 man, I'm just trying to encourage that. Um, I think, I think there's something, I'll tell you what, I don't know what it is, Des, but I see some of these figure women that could easily cross over to women's physique. So if you're out there listening and you have, if you meet the criteria, the guidelines of women's physique, I think a lot of women are, are, you know, I'm not sure about my posing, or you know what, I think it's a whole, I need to put on more size. It's not about that. It's about it's about your your shape and your symmetry, your muscle. But there's a lot of women's figure competitors. They're able to they have the body to to cross over into women's physique, and that's what we're trying to encourage, you know. Um, and it's different poses. So it's like apples and oranges. Women's figure, you got core turns. Women's physique, you got your uh, you got your different poses. So if you're out there and you're thinking about, you know what, maybe they may try. Let me try like a P4P. Let me just try women's physique. You know what? Go for it. Go for it. I say go for it. Yeah. Yes, especially at a show that has so much to 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 give. I I, I love the fact that uh, undefeated is going to be basically rolling out the red carpet for the athletes to make sure that they're being addressed as athletes, and that's something that I know Earl that you really appreciate. Uh, where the promoter is taking care of the athletes. You, you used to Abraham, uh, John Abraham being addressing uh, the athletes so well and yourself as a promoter as well. So it's got to be great to see where it's not just you holding the banner on your own. There's plenty of other promoters that are stepping up to address the athletes as athletes. And I, I'm sure that's yeah. something you would love to see grow even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm just excited for people. I'm, I'm excited for, uh, man, I can't wait for the first weekend in October. It's ready to, ready to come about, man. <laughs> All right, Kaylin, last thoughts on tonight. Well, I know as long as I keep up on my snickerdoodle, I'll be bringing my best package. Oh, my goodness. And, Earl, last thoughts for our listening athletes and uh, super fans tonight. I'm, I'm just thankful for the people to tune in and they're interested and they want to learn. We're, again, we're here to help you guys, and you guys are all winners. Don't ever have second thoughts. Just go Just go with it. You don't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pocket. You guys come and get it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You do not climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pockets. That is awesome. <laughs> See, on our last show, I said we're going to have to start having the quote of the night for each show. <laughs> I feel like if we actually did that, I may have to just start it with that. That would be it. That would be it. So, folks, if you're thinking about checking it out, go to uh, the website, p4pundefeated.com, and uh, you can still get tickets. You'll have all the details for where the show is and time and barbecue and the parking lot and just all of the great stuff that is going to be going on in addition to all the fantastic acts that are going to be on stage. Kaylin's going to be there competing. Earl's going to be there judging. I'm going to be there emceeing. This is going to be a good time. You should join the DMC. 
So with that being said, on behalf of P4P Undefeated, all the athletes getting ready for battle, Snickerdoodle Sprinkles, Earl, the Pearl, Snyder, and the Split. Know any bodybuilder that could do splits like Earl? But there you have it. <laughs> muscle and uh, myself and Kalen, your body is a temple, so let's build it. <laughs> <laughs>